Welcome to Life Church. My name is Dylan Johnston and I'm one of the pastors here on staff and today we're continuing our series The Death of me. I want to thank Pastor Aaron for giving me the opportunity to speak today. We're going to be in the book of Romans, specifically Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. As you're turning there, um, get ready because it's uh, Romans 8 is a pretty dense theological book, meaning there's lots of layers, there's lots of content, there's quite a lot to get out of it. And so um, today we're going to attempt to bring it down to just a, a level where we can all grasp onto it where we can specifically apply it to our lives and we uh, can see what God is speaking to the people back then when the Bible was written, uh, he's also still speaking to us today. As you're turning there, um, I, I remember when I was younger, growing up, I, I tried just about my hand at everything. Uh, I would tried out football, and I, I liked it a lot. I liked the concept of sports. I, I liked the idea of athleticism. The only problem was my, my BMI didn't match up to what sports people looked like. I, my, my physique didn't really align with how uh, people that played sports did, and, and, and I, um, so, so that didn't last. I, I took um, six months of piano, I took three months of bass guitar, I took one month of drums, all in the process of being in the school band and being in the school jazz band. I did theater for a year and a half, not counting when I did it as a little kid. Um, I did it for a year and a half in high school, and yet... Uh, I, 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 like, I, I just kept hopping from thing to thing to thing. I, I realized, I found out, that as you really dive into it, just joining the football team doesn't really make you an athlete. Uh, joining the football team doesn't automatically turn me into Brett Favre, right? Joining, uh, joining the band doesn't automatically make me the next great guitarist. It doesn't make me the next great drummer. Joining theater doesn't just automatically, the moment I make the play, I turn into Lin-Manuel Miranda and everything is great. No, 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 Th That's not how this works. You can make the team but still not be the athlete. You can make the band but you don't automatically overnight turn into Nick Cannon from Drumline. It's a process. You can make the production but, but you may be a terrible knockoff version of that famous actor or actress. I'm not saying this to get down on you. In fact, I'm, I'm speaking from experience. This is my life. I, I tried all of these things and none of them was I, uh, uh, were, were I really amazing at. And so here I am today and I'm looking back and realizing um, that, that it takes a process. Once you make the production, it takes a process to help get you to the point where you can be the star. Once you make the team, it takes a process for you to go from day one of trying to get through two days and barely being able to get off your feet at the end, or to, to get on your feet at the end of the day to walk to your car to get home. It, it takes a process to get into shape and to become the star. It takes a process to become the drummer, become the bass guitarist, or become the pianist that I will never become because I don't have the discipline. But in each of those areas, there's someone 
There's someone that, that coaches you. There's a football coach that yells at you. Maybe a little too much. We can talk about that at the time. But there's a football coach that'll push you, that'll tell you to get back up, that'll tell you to keep going, that'll tell you you're not there yet. They'll be able to see things in the whole play that you'll never be able to see. They, they look at the field and they see everything that's going on and they say, hey, Dylan, your focus is a little bit off. If you just do this or adjust this or switch this or flip this way, this way, you will be different than you are right now. You go to theater, you've got a director, that director sitting up in, in the auditorium and they're watching the production and they're giving you blocking notes and they're telling you about stage left and stage right and when the lights are going to hit here, you need to step into it and how this is going to function and how you should react when you hear this line and it's all to build out your character and bring out the best in you, in, in band, you've got, you've got band directors, you've got um, drum majors, you've got all of these people that are helping to keep you on tempo, keep you in line, keep you uh, in a cohesive unit, if you will. It's, they're, they're there to keep you moving forward, keep you progressing, and keep uh, helping you increase and better in that field. You've got someone in each of those areas of your life in each of those areas of my life that was helping me. Now, I didn't want to grow. I didn't really want to take the time to learn. I didn't really want to get better. And yet, I think if we're really diving into this and we begin to look at our spiritual life and our relationship with God, we've also got a coach. We've also got the director. We've also got the stage manager. We've also got the drum major, if you will. We've also got the guide. We've also got the counselor. We've also got the paraclete, the one who walks beside us. We've also got the comforter. We've also got that person who will guide and direct and teach and disciple and change and grow and strengthen and enable us to continue to progress in this life. And he is the Holy Spirit. And I get it. When you hear the name the Holy Spirit, you can immediately uh, get a little antsy because maybe you don't know much about the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity. And if you believe what we believe, then the, the Trinity is the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. He, they're all there together. God the Holy Spirit, he's your coach, your director, your stage manager, your guide. And if you ever want to improve in your life, then you've got to listen to your guide. I equate it like this. I, Asking Jesus uh, into your heart, that's the phrase we use, or beginning to follow Jesus is, is one of the best decisions you can ever make. No, 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 it is the best decision you can ever make. To choose to follow Jesus, it's life-changing. It's, it's really the shifting of the tectonic plates of your life. It's, it's moving in the ground of who you are. And yet, Ask any person that has made that decision, your life doesn't automatically get perfect in the moment you pray the prayer. Everything doesn't just shift and become peaches and cream everywhere you go. It, it, nothing, nothing automatically adjusts or fixes itself. There's not cupcakes falling from the sky and roses on every corner, but rather it's a process. And so I've been in church services and I've talked to people who have chose to follow Jesus and a few days, weeks, and months go by and they come back to me and they say, Dylan, why isn't my life perfect? And I say, because that's not quite how it works. Choosing to follow Jesus is the beginning. It's what saves you. It's what enables you to have this relationship with God. It's what enables you to pursue God at a whole nother level, but you got to keep moving. You gotta keep growing. It's a process, a process of learning and growing and developing. 
And that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. In fact, Jesus says to his disciples, when Jesus is here on earth, the guys he had spent several years walking the face of this earth, healing people, casting out demons, raising the dead, calming the storms, multiplying the food, teaching the amazing teachings and confounding the wisest of men. Jesus was here on this earth and he told his disciples, he told his disciples that it's better for him, for them, if he goes away because he's gonna send the Holy Spirit to them. In fact, in John uh, chapter 16, verse seven, it says, but very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate, that's the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. One version calls him the advocate. One version calls him the helper. One version calls him the comforter. One version calls him the counselor. This is who the Holy Spirit is to those of us who are in Christ Jesus. The Holy Spirit can often, again, be a confusing topic, but when you accept Jesus, the Holy Spirit is sent to help guide, direct, and lead your life. It's in that moment that the Holy Spirit begins speaking into your heart. And some would even argue, many scholars even believe, that the Holy Spirit is who directs us to Jesus in the first place. Jesus sends us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit guides us and leads us to to draw closer to Jesus, who then draws closer to God. It's this process of us drawing closer to God. We believe that the Holy Spirit works in us and through us to enable us to be purified unto righteousness. And we believe that it's the Holy Spirit, again, who points us to Jesus in the first place. If, if you're wanting to hear more about the Holy Spirit, we did a whole series on the Holy Spirit just recently. You can go to lifechurchwi.com and you can just search Holy Spirit. There's a whole series on that topic. We'd love for you to dive deeper into that today. We are, today, however, we're going to stay in Romans chapter 8 and see what Romans 8 has to say about the Holy Spirit. In Romans chapter 8, it's, it's one of the most powerful chapters in the Bible. It starts by saying there's now no condemnation for those who are under Christ, meaning um, no one's condemning you. And then it ends, the very end of the chapter says there's no separation. So those of you that are in Christ Jesus, you're not condemned and you're not separated. You're, you can't be separated from his love and there's no way that you're going to be condemned by him because he doesn't do that. And so it's this beautiful picture that starts with, hey, you're not going to be condemned and ends with there's nothing that can pull you away from God's love. That is powerful. In fact, as you go through this scripture, it, uh, through this passage, it depicts the Trinity working in our salvation. It depicts God the Father who justifies in Romans, 8 chapter, uh, in Romans chapter 8, verse 33. It depicts Jesus, the Son, who saves us, but then he also, the Bible says, is up in heaven interceding on behalf of believers in Romans 8, verse 34. And then you see the Spirit in Romans 8, 26, who helps us in our weakness, the coach, the advocate, the counselor, the helper, the director, the, the, the drum major. That's the Holy Spirit. So today I want to read a little bit in Romans chapter 8 and then just give us some quick points that we can pull from it of who the Holy Spirit is to us and what he can do in our lives if we'll surrender and we'll let him uh, as we come to Jesus and then we continue to progress in this relationship with God. Romans chapter 8 beginning in verse 5 it says this, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires but those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. But if Christ is in you, I'm skipping down to verse 10, but if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives life because of righteousness. 
And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. The first thing we see in Romans chapter 8 verse 5, we see that the Holy Spirit transforms our thinking. The Holy Spirit transforms our thinking. In Romans 8, 5, it talks about the mindset on the spirit or the mindset on the flesh. One brings life, one brings death. You see, a transformed living um, is, is, is one not according to flesh, but it's one according to the spirit. Essentially, it breaks down like this. The flesh is who you are pre-Christ, who you are pre-Jesus. It's, it's anything you want. It's your selfish desires. It's your pride. It's your arrogance. It's all of those things. In fact, you can go through the Bible and it talks about the lust of the flesh. And it kind of breaks it down as to what some of those things are. I, I think if we're all being honest, though, we understand what is what our flesh really desires. We understand that it's when we're on the diet and we really want that candy bar, we, we know what our flesh really desires. It contrasts that with living by the mind of the Spirit. The mind of the Spirit comes when you receive Jesus. The Holy Spirit begins speaking into our hearts and our minds and transforming our thought process. The scripture talks about renewing your mind with the word of God uh, so that you can become more like like Jesus, so that your mind begins to be shaped by the Holy Spirit. He enables us to live in a different manner, a different fashion, and a new life. We are changed because of Jesus in that moment, but then it's a process of continually being changed forevermore. We, we continue to see in Romans 5 through 8 that there's this contrast between uh, the, the, the spirit and the flesh. And it's this constant battle. We're saved through Jesus, but we're sanctified through the spirit. We grow through the spirit. You make the team. Jesus gets us on the team, gives us the Holy Spirit so we can improve and grow and develop. We, we, we make it, we, we, we get saved, but Jesus sends the Holy Spirit immediately so that we can continue to grow in and, and become more purified and righteous in our living as we follow what the Holy Spirit has to say in our lives. The director, the guide, the counselor, the advocate. I, I often get into workout kind of programs like many of you do. I've tried my hand at a few different ones, you know. They've got them all now. Um, they've got the Advocare drinks, the, the shakes. You kind of mix them 14 times a day, and you don't really eat anything else but a couple slices of cardboard. And um, then at the end of the day, you, like uh, you, after four days, you're supposed to lose 42 pounds, and you're supposed to have this testimony video. Or there, there, There's the other ones that are the pre-cooked meals and uh, you, they, they all come in a frozen, so you have to buy a separate freezer for it. You know what I'm talking about? And, and you just have a whole freezer full of frozen meals. Um, and then like one day you, you cheat on those meals and then you never go back. And then four years later, you still have a whole freezer of meals that are expired. You, there's, there's the others that it's if you just do this workout at this time and then don't eat for this amount of hours in a day. And then you, then you eat a bunch at this time and then you work out right after it. There, there's all sorts of programs. There's the bands that go around your stomach to do whatever they do. There's the ab thing that you put on your abs and automatically gives you a six pack. There's, there's all of these different programs. There's, there's all of them. And I think it's funny because what I've learned in my life is most things work if you just work them. The problem is we often find a new fad, a new thing, and a new dance to do. We hop from one thing to the next. This is one of the things I find amazing about my friends that do CrossFit uh, because they get into CrossFit and it's a whole new way of life. 
It's not just like I'm going to work out or this new program or this new diet. No, no, no. My friends that I've talked to that get into this thing called CrossFit, they're all in. It's a whole new mindset. They, they, they're different people. Like I, we, we can stay friends, but all of their conversations are CrossFit related from then on out. What I've learned is that CrossFit doesn't just change how you work out. It doesn't just change uh, whether you're going to diet or not. No, no, no. It changes the way you think. And because it begins to change the way you think, it enables you to change your actual life. The problem with most of these diets and fads and pills and wraps that we take is that they don't change the way we think. They're all about changing behaviors. And they want to change the behavior long before we change our minds. And so we quickly hop into one and we quickly fail at it. And then we quickly hop into another and we quickly fail at it. But the things that last are the ones that you transform your mind first and your mind transforms your behaviors. You see, the Holy Spirit is not just in the business of stopping us from doing certain things and starting us to do other things. The Holy Spirit is in the business of transforming our mind so that we naturally begin to choose the things that are life-giving to us. The Holy Spirit transforms our way of thinking. He enables you to grow and develop. He begins a work in your mind so that your thoughts are renewed, and it's not the same broken record that's been playing before. The second thing we see that the Holy Spirit does in this passage, uh, we see that the Holy Spirit creates life in us. In verse 6, we see that the mind of the, the mind is governed by um, spirit. If the mind is governed by the spirit, then it's governed by life, then it's filled with life. And then in verse 10, it tells us that the spirit brings life. You see, Jesus, he proclaimed, uh, John 10, 10, that he came to give life and life to the fullest. Jesus, his whole mission was to bring life to dead places. His whole purpose was to provide life for all people. And upon his death, burial, and resurrection, Jesus tells his followers that he's got to go away so that someone better can come. The someone better being the Holy Spirit. Not in uh, ability, but in uh, function. So Jesus must leave so that the Holy Spirit can come and bring life to all flesh, can bring life to all People. The Holy Spirit was sent to bring life, provided through Jesus, so that all who would believe in him could have that same life. Here at Life Church, we're, we're all about life change. We, we talk about that every single week. That's the reason we talk about our, our life center. That's the reason we do the one-day offering. That's the reason we do the miracle offering. That's the reason that we go on mission trips. That's the reason that we, 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 we preach and we teach and we sing and we write these songs and we do this stu- stuff because we believe that there is life change yet to happen around the corner and around the world. And you and I have a small, ever so small part to play in it, but God is gonna do the heavy work. He, he, here's the deal. We believe in life change. We do. And so we want people to encounter Jesus and their lives to be forever changed. We want them to encounter the life that Jesus alone brings. But the Holy Spirit is who enables them to live a new life. The Holy Spirit is who enables them to to not just make a decision once, but to continue to make that decision every single day they wake up. So they no longer live in dead places, but they live in life. You see, that's what we are all about here at Life Church. We're about life change, and that life change comes through Jesus, and then the Holy Spirit enables us to continue to grow in that new life. The Holy Spirit created a new life in us, and we are desperate to see the same thing happen for others. He transforms our mind, but also creates in us a new life. It's a fresh start. It's a clean slate. The, the scoreboard is wiped clean. In fact, if we're being real honest, it's heavily weighted in our favor because Jesus already did the heavy lifting. The third thing we see in this passage 
Third thing is this, the Holy Spirit produces peace for us. The Holy Spirit produces peace for us. Romans 8 verse 6, it talks about the, the mind being governed by the Spirit. It brings life and peace. You see, a mind led by the Spirit uh, is one that is under peace. And I think sometimes that kind of slips by us, but man, the, there's so much scripture that deals with peace. 1 Thessalonians 5 calls God the God of peace. Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of God reign in your hearts. Uh, apparently, there is a connective tissue between God and peace. There's, there's something that links us together when we're following Jesus and when we're living life under the spirit, there's this, this natural process of, of being under and in peace. I, I go back to the moment when Jesus is in the boat and he's, uh, there, there's a storm and the disciples are freaking out and they don't know what to do. Some of them experience fishermen, so they've been in their fair share of storms on the boat, on the seas. They, they know what to do and apparently none of their tricks of the trade are working at the moment. So they go and they wake up Jesus and it says that they're frightened for their lives. They say, Jesus, Jesus, we're going to die. Help us. Jesus wakes up. I just picture it ever so calmly. Steps out on the boat. Maybe rubs him sleepy from his eyes, looks out at the winds and the waves, and he simply says, peace, be still. Peace, be still. What I believe here that happens in Romans chapter 8, as the writer is writing this passage, is that you and I have that same spirit of peace within us as we're following Jesus. That the Holy Spirit brings us a peace that passes all understanding. A peace that can calm the storms. And though it may feel like stuff is still crazy on the outside, that on the inside, there is peace. That though it may feel like uh, all of the winds and the waves are, are crashing against the boat of our life, that in the midst of our souls, we are at peace. You see, this is why when um, several years ago, my grandfather, I got a call from my dad I was living in another city at the time. I got a call from my father that my grandpa uh, was being diagnosed with cancer. and They were putting him on hospice and they only were giving him a few days left to live that I was able to have peace. Now, did it hurt? Sure. Did I cry? Of course. Uh, was it difficult? Yeah. W was it not fun? Was it, was it depressing at times? Of course. But I had peace in the midst of it. It's the same reason that as my family, my wife and I were packing up to move across the country just three years ago to work at Life Church, that we were leaving all of our family. We were going to a state we've never heard of before. I'm just kidding. We had heard of Wisconsin, but it's a little far away from Texas. Come on, somebody. As we're driving uh, these, the 1,200, 1,500 miles it was going to take us to get here, and we're stopping at the hotels to, to, to have this trip. And like the, the, in the midst of this process of everything changing, I could be at peace. It's the same reason that when we were in the hospital and my son had just been born and his blood pressure or his blood sugar dropped supremely low, almost to emergency levels where they would whisk him away to the NICU. That, that in the midst of that, though my heart was racing and fear crept in, I was able to be at peace. You see, um, following Jesus and living a life under the Spirit and having the Holy Spirit be your guide and your director and your advocate and your coach and uh, your stage manager, that, that isn't living a life absent of fear, but rather it's in the midst of fear and in the face of fear, having faith that, that, that stands strong. 
It's, it's in the midst of fear and in the face of fear, you still trust in God. You see, it's not letting fear run your life, but rather letting your faith remain strong. There is a peace for you today. Yes, even in 2020, there is a peace for your soul. Yes, even in an election year, there is peace for your soul. Yes, even in the midst of maybe what could be the, the, the most um, undoing season of your life, there is peace for your soul. The Holy Spirit gives us that peace that Jesus provided when he was here on this earth. The Holy Spirit enables us to walk in that daily. The last thing we see, the last thing we see here in this passage is that the Holy Spirit will resurrect us. The Holy Spirit will resurrect us. And there in verse 11, it talks about how the Holy Spirit will resurrect. It'll, it'll bring life to dead places. The Holy Spirit resurrects you. The Holy Spirit resurrects me. The, the scriptures talk about the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. It lives in me and it lives in you. He, he that had the power to restore Jesus to life has the power to give life to you. He that did in fact restore Jesus to life, he, he can restore you. He can restore your hopes. He can restore your dreams. He can restore those things in you. The Holy Spirit does that in our lives. That's the business God is in. In fact, you can look all throughout the Bible. God is in the business of taking dead things and making new life out of them. I don't know what you came into this room with today. I don't, I don't know what difficulties you're struggling with. I don't know what feels dead in your life today, but I do know the Holy Spirit of God lives in me and lives in you to bring life again and bring life anew in you. That's what Jesus sends the Holy Spirit to do in us, to restore us. And you may feel that your life has been negatively affected by, by choices you made or by choices made by others in your life. And I'm here to tell you, death is not the only option in those areas. Your dead dreams don't have to remain dead. Your dead hopes don't have to stay dead. Your, your dead vision doesn't have to stay dead any longer. Your, your dead desires for your life or for your family don't have to stay dead any longer. The Holy Spirit resurrects dead things in our lives. Now, I don't know who I'm talking to today, but I do know this. There is life available for you. And maybe, just maybe, You've chosen to follow Jesus, but you're hearing this message today and it just feels very dead. The Holy Spirit brings life again. The Holy Spirit resurrects those dead areas. The Holy Spirit brings, it, it kicks out the old and it brings in brand new. The Holy Spirit can resurrect your dead dreams, your dead hopes, and your dead visions. The Holy Spirit brings a, a restoration, a renewal, a rejuvenation to you. Uh, and that's what the Holy Spirit is doing in us constantly and continually. It's, it's a life brand new. It's the Spirit of God can raise Jesus from the dead. He can raise dead things in our lives. He can raise us back to this full life that Jesus intended for us. Just imagine what he can do in your life. You, you thought it was impossible for God to, to fix the scenario that you're walking through? Think again. You, you thought it was too big for God to, to handle the fact that your kid has fallen off the rails and is going and doing crazy stuff? Hey, think again. You, you, you thought your marriage was beyond saving? Think again, because the Spirit of God is in the business of resurrecting dead things. And I don't know what you came in here carrying today, but I speak life to it. My prayer, my hope, my dream is that the Holy Spirit of God would resurrect those dead things today. 
that there would be life where it's been lifeless for so long, that hope would erupt where you may have been hopeless, that, that you would dream again and, and, and envision what God has in store for you when maybe you haven't dreamed for a very long time. But the Holy Spirit is in the business of resurrection. I wanna to close today by asking this, where are you on this journey? Where are you? Maybe you haven't chose to follow Jesus yet and that's your first step today. I pray that the Holy Spirit's working in you and speaking to you about that and will guide and direct you in that. But maybe today you've chosen to follow Jesus and as you've heard this message, you've questioned. You're like, yeah, I'm on the team. But if I'm being honest, I think I may have just stopped right there. I think I got on the team or I joined the band or I made the production, but I'm not improving. There's no growth. I'm not being purified. Where's this life you speak of, the peace? I don't know what peace even means, man. Anxiety rules my life. Fear overrides all of me. Where are you on this journey? Is your mind being transformed and renewed by the Spirit of God? Have you let the Spirit produce life in you, joy in you, energize you? Do you exist within the peace of God that passes all understanding? What's dead or dying in your life that the Spirit of God wants to resurrect today? Let the coach run the play. Listen to the director. Take notes from the stage manager. Let the Spirit of God guide and direct your life so your mind can be renewed. Your, you can have a fresh life. You can live at complete peace. Yes, even in 2020, you can live at complete peace and have dead things brought to life once again. My prayer for you, every single person watching this today, is that there would be a resurrection of joy, of peace, of your dreams, of your hopes once again. Would you bow your heads with me and let's pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you. And we give you all glory and honor and praise. And we recognize today that on our own strength, following Jesus is almost, is an impossible task. But we're so grateful that you sent your Holy Spirit to guide and direct us, to be our coach, to be our, to be our leader, to, to, to help shape and direct us, to, to purify us unto righteousness, that, that, that you saved us through Jesus, but the Holy Spirit helps to, to lead us in following him, to, 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 to get, grow closer to God. God, I'm so grateful that you didn't just tell us uh, what to do and then leave us out on an island to try to figure it out on our own, but you've given us a guide. You've given us a coach. To God today, I, I want to run the play the coach is calling. I want to listen to the words of the director and the guide. Today, I allow my mind to be transformed. I choose to live and have a life and be energized again. I, I receive that life. I choose to live at perfect peace. That though I may be hit by the waves and winds of this world, I, I choose to be at peace. And God, I ask that you would resurrect those dead things today. Your Holy Spirit would speak to those areas and resurrect dead dreams, dead hopes, and dead lives again. That we would live brand new, on fire for you, with a passion and a hunger to see you move like never before. God, we love you. We thank you. I pray that your Holy Spirit would continue the work that he started today. In Jesus' name.